Hello and welcome to I Talk to Ghosts, the podcast that will never judge you when you're caught talking to yourself, because sometimes you're not. (laughs) I'm your spooky host, Jennifer, and tonight I'll be sharing stories of childhood imaginary friends that will make you pause and ponder the paranormal, because daydreaming and imagination are a wonderful thing, but sometimes... This topic can wander into the shadows of the unexplainable, and I have found some wonderfully creepy stories that do just that. I mean it. Seriously, creepy stories. (laughs) But first, let me take a quick moment to let you know, dear listener, that I will be at the Oregon Ghost Conference this coming March 24th through the 26th. And I'll be a vendor in the main hall. So come say hi, grab some spooky swag, or sign up for a tarot reading. And you can find a link to the conference in my show notes. And I'm looking forward to being spooky with you. And at the show, if you happen to have an imaginary friend's story of your own, I would love to hear it. Speaking of those spooky stories, linger around a little later in this episode, dear listener, we'll move from the spooky to the spiritual. I'll be sharing an in-studio spirit reading for my latest podcast guest, and the specifics are fantastic. I just love sharing examples of evidential mediumship with you. And after that, make sure to check and see if the spirit message in this episode is specifically for you. I'll be connecting someone listening to this podcast, so this message could be for you. But first, the spooky. Is it all in your imagination, or are the ghosts coming in right now? When I was a little boy in 1989, around the age of six and a half, I lived in a small Lincolnshire village in a relatively new three-bedroom house. At the time, I suffered heavily from the common affliction of sleepwalking. I would, so my mom would tell me, walk downstairs from my room and just start walking around the house, picking up stuff cleaning the night's dishes. I vacuumed the dining room, randomly played three blind mice on the piano, and loads of other weird kid stuff. My parents watched me do this night after night and didn't wake me up for fearing that old urban legend that suggests it's dangerous to do so. In this zombie state, I would occasionally mutter annoyance and swipe at My imaginary friend, the zip lady, that darted around my head, telling her to leave me alone. Go away, Miss Zip. And more bizarrely, for a six-year-old, I'd say, Get the laudanum inside for heaven's sake. Among many other odd utterances. My mother said, in the state that my voice sounded different, deeper, not grown man deep, but as if I had a bad cold and my throat was sore. This apparently made her feel most uncomfortable, and if I persisted with this odd voice, and if my father wasn't there that night, she would have to shake me awake, at which point 
I eventually came awake, screaming, and then fell into her arms crying, remembering nothing in the morning. Normally, however, after a night's sleepwalking, I would make my way back upstairs through the hallway and into my bedroom and into bed without a problem. Weirdly, nine out of ten times in the morning, my covers would be folded at the bottom of my bed and I would be fast asleep shivering in the fetal position. In one corner of my small room would be a collection of my toys. The strange thing was, it was always the same toys, always the action figures. It would start with my Thundercat figures, wedged into either the left or right bottom corner of my room, all lined up in a tight pyramid. They would be crushed together as tightly as possible. Sometimes it was difficult to wedge them out. On top and around the Thundercats, there were the He-Man figures. And finally, the whole thing was littered with battle beasts in an odd pattern. It kind of became a fun game for me and my folks to note the different positions of the different figures in the morning. And I even have an old scrapbook with some of the old scribbles of the patterns. Never were any of the other toys used, such as my Transformers, Muscle Men, or Monsters in My Pocket, etc. This is what I best remember, bearing in mind I was six and asleep. I knew I was asleep, but also not quite in control. I would start to awake and see the zip lady floating around, normally above my bed, smiling. This woman used to torment me by first of all waking me up when I was just getting to sleep by shouting my name. Then she would drag the covers very slowly off me so I'd have to wake. Sure, I'd fight back and keep hold of the covers, but then I got tired and she'd pull harder and they flew out of my arms. After that, the only way I knew I would be able to get some sleep would be to give in and follow the zip lady. Once I gave in to her demands, things would go hazy and I would sleepwalk. You know the rest. I used to say that she came out of one of the corners of my room, usually the darkest corner. She would grow larger and larger until she was bigger than my dad. She was very skinny and wore a long black dress and had her hair big and tied up. The frilly collar of her dress was fastened up to her nose because she didn't want me to see her wrong mouth. After she appeared, I would try to hide under the covers, but she would pull them slowly down and she would be standing there in the corner. If I still didn't look at her, toys would float around and hit the walls, and me, and my nightlight would eventually short out. Shortly after, I would have to follow her because I was so scared of the dark, and I would sleepwalk. It's strange how you remember things as a child. I still only think of the zip lady as some old friend. But from what my folks tell me, it was something much more sinister. 
Shortly after we moved from that house, the zip lady stopped coming for a visit and I grew out of my sleepwalking phase. Despite the fact she would wake and tease me, we were friends to the end. As a child, I used to have an imaginary friend whom I called Mr. Tumble. Why? I don't know. Apparently, I had this imaginary friend since before I could walk. My parents were hard-pressed to get me over this Mr. Tumble idea. Now here's the weird part. When I was asked to describe Mr. Tumble, instead of giving a description as a child would of their imaginary friend, I'd say that I'd never really seen Mr. Tumble. He's just there in the shadows. When I got a bit older, when asked again to give up this Mr. Tumble nonsense, I would throw a tantrum and insist that Mr. Tumble is real. He was a soldier in the war and they used swords. He told me so. Things came to a heated argument one night between my parents. My mom wasn't thrilled at all that her little girl wouldn't go out and make friends like other children, but would insist on playing at home with her imaginary friend. And my dad thought it was okay, it was just a phase I would grow out of. While arguing, suddenly, they heard a very loud banging on the wall from the direction of my room. Argument forgotten, they ran to my room. When they opened the door, they found me fast asleep in my bed. But in the corner, at the foot of my bed, was a shadow of a man. They quickly turned on the lights, thinking it was an intruder. The lights came on, but there was no one there. Yet, at the foot of my bed, was still a shadow. My parents started to panic when the shadow moved towards me sleeping on the bed. It reached down and looked like it was stroking my head and then it turned towards my parents and pointed at them, then vanished. My parents were so shaken by this that they took me into their bedroom with them that night and for many nights to come but they never again doubted the existence of Mr. Tumble. I continued to have Mr. Tumble as a friend until we moved about six months or so after that incident. I have absolutely no explanation for this, nor do I remember Mr. Tumble. My parents, great aunt, and my grandmother told me that this was what happened when I was three. Apparently, both grandmother and her sister, my great aunt, had seen and known of the existence of the shadowy person before my parents saw him for themselves. The story I'm about to tell you took place about 19 years ago. 
My parents bought an old three-bedroom, one-story house in a small neighborhood near Austin, Texas. My family consisted of both my parents, my older brother Ben, my older sister Eileen, my baby brother Eric, and myself. The house itself was not very attractive, but I really enjoyed the area we lived in. There was a park not too far away and a huge creek that ran through our neighborhood. I used to love walking and going down to the creek and relaxing while no one was around. It was my secret getaway spot to de-stress and be by myself. One day, while I was home watching TV, I heard my little brother Eric talking to someone in our parents' room. I heard what sounded like an occasional whisper, followed by Eric loudly replying. When I walked in to investigate, he was just sitting there on my parents' bed, looking into the mirror above the headboard. I asked him who he was talking to, and he turned and looked at me as if I just caught him sneaking something. He then smiled and replied, No one? Then, I said as sarcastically as I could, Oh really? No one, huh? Liars don't get an afternoon snack. He jumped up quickly and yelled, Okay, okay, I was just talking to Chuck. Chuck had been his imaginary friend since we had first moved in. Being a typical teasing sister, I decided to argue with him a little. No, you weren't. You were talking to someone else. I was expecting him to know I was just teasing him, but instead, he tensed up, and a look of shock and fear took over his face. Eyes wide, he looked quickly at the mirror and said, I didn't tell her, I swear! I didn't know how to react. I just stood there. And then hesitantly, I asked him, Who were you really talking to? He looked at me as if he was going to cry, and then he pointed at the mirror grimly and said, Mommy Ego. I took a breath and moved to look into the mirror. I saw nothing, so I got closer and started squinting my eyes. Eric took this as an opportunity to pounce. A pillow smacked me across the back of my head. He bolted out the door shouting, Gotcha! I decided to let the whole mommy ego thing go. That night after dinner, though, was a different story. There was something about that name, mommy ego, that bothered me. What kind of three-year-old would come up with that? I asked my dad if he had ever heard Eric say anything about a mommy ego. My dad just looked unconcerned and said, yeah, I think it's one of his imaginary friends or something. I asked him about her once and all he said was she's a secret or something. That made me feel a little uneasy. I felt like I needed more confirmation that mommy ego was just a figment of a child's imagination. The next day, I asked Eric about her again, a little more seriously, while he was watching TV in the living room. He wasn't really phased by it this time, and mostly kept his eyes glued to the TV. 
She's the old lady that stays in the attic, he said vaguely. She lives in our attic? No, she doesn't live there. Chuck does. She only comes to visit from time to time. And when she does, she sleeps in the attic. Wait, Chuck lives here? I asked. Yeah, he told me this used to be his house, and Mommy Ego used to visit him too. Now I was really getting scared. So, if Mommy Ego doesn't live here, where does she live? I asked. Chuck said she lives in the woods by the creek. Mommy Ego also told me she sees you sometimes hanging out at the creek by the big tree. As he said this, he looked away from the TV and right at me. A chill went down my spine to think some creepy old woman was watching me while I was alone. I asked him if she was visiting right now, and he said, I don't know, go check the attic and see. Come with me then, I replied. She doesn't like it when I go in there and bother her, he said. Things got weirder after that day. It started as strange little events but grew into larger things. I would come home from school and find all the faucets in the house turned on, or random items in strange places, like a pot or a pan in the closet or in the bathroom. Pictures would be crooked and cupboards and windows would be opened. Sometimes I would find chairs flipped over or sitting in the hallway outside my bedroom. Then I started hearing scratching and knocking noises throughout the house. At night, I would sometimes hear what sounded like laughter or crying. A cookie jar kept falling off the shelf and breaking, and my mom would glue it back together, then find it broken again the next day. We thought it might be Eric trying to sneak cookies, until one night it happened while Eric was at a friend's house. Then, one day, I decided I was going to grab a meal from the freezer in the garage directly under the attic space. As I grabbed some food and shut the freezer, I had an odd feeling I was being watched. Then I remembered Eric telling me about how Mommy Ego stayed in the attic. I slowly looked up. To my relief, all I saw was the empty opening that led to the attic space and the usual hanging light bulb up there that we never turned on. I shrugged off the creepy feeling and went to the door leading back to the house from the garage. I opened the door and flipped the lights off, but as I did, my body froze in fear. Out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw a light coming down from the attic. I gained enough courage to turn my head and see. Sure enough, the attic light was on. I didn't know whether I should dart inside and shut the door or check out what was going on. Curiosity ended up winning over the fear and I cautiously approached to look into the attic. As I slowly walked forward to look up at the light there, looking right back down at me, her chin resting right on the edge of the space, was the head of a grinning old woman. Her hair was pulled back and tied up in a bun, 
and her face was wrinkled like a shriveled prune. She had no teeth in her sinister grin, just black gums that seemed to reflect the light. I couldn't see her nose too well because of the shadow cast upon her face, but what I could see is clear as day, and what I still see in every nightmare I have was her eyes. Where there should have been white, there was yellow, and instead of a pupil, she simply had large black dots. I ran screaming. I was on edge for three weeks after that encounter. I would not go into the garage, I jumped at every noise, and I avoided going to the creek to relax. Then one day, I decided to visit my friend JC who lived down the street. We talked about normal things, but then I decided to ask her if she had seen or heard anything strange in her house. Surprisingly, she did. We talked about what we had experienced, and when I brought up the name Mommy Ego, she froze. Her little sister, who was only two years older than Eric, had said the same name as well. Apparently, a year ago, she claimed Mommy Ego helped her get a frisbee out of their tree in the front yard. She said she had not heard much after that, but now she was a bit worried. I went home that night and went straight to my room. I thought a lot about what JC had told me, but eventually I fell asleep. A week or so later, my sister and I wanted to have a sleepover with some friends from school. We watched movies and painted our nails before eventually falling asleep. But for some reason, no matter how tired I felt, I just couldn't fall asleep. Then, I heard a knocking on my window. Baffled at what it could be, I remained in bed in the hopes it was just something being blown by the wind. Then it happened again, a little louder this time. Frustrated, I got up and went to the window and opened the blinds. Standing in the window was the old woman her hair in curlers. She had the toothless grin, and her yellow eyes with large black dots for pupils were fixed on me. My body worked almost mechanically. I shut the blinds and slowly crawled back into bed. I just stared at the window. Then, I heard a tap, as if someone was tapping their long fingernails against the glass. I quickly hid under the covers, and just listened to the tapping until exhaustion overtook me, and I fell asleep. I don't know when the tapping stopped, but the next morning I was the last to awaken, and no one else seemed to hear anything of the sort. I began to question whether or not I had been dreaming, and honestly, when I think back to that day, I still sometimes doubt myself. About one more year would pass, and my dad had received a promotion at his job. Thankfully, we ended up moving. I will never forget my experiences in that house, and I am so glad Mommy Ego didn't follow us when we moved.
Would you like to receive a free spirit reading with me? Enter for your chance at italktoghosts.com guest. Each week, I'll randomly select a name from the list to be a guest on the show. Together, we will talk to the spirits who wish to communicate with you, and our session will be featured on a future episode of I Talk to Ghosts. The spirits are waiting. Enter now at italktoghosts.com slash guest. Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. My guest tonight is Jude. Jude, welcome to your spirit reading. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. I am excited to hold this reading for you. I feel like um, there's actually a couple people coming through. A male. And I was like, okay, let's work with this. But then I immediately smelled this light floral perfume of a female and maybe you can help me connect the dots here um i write down a lot of notes and i have a lot of details and sometimes it's like what goes with who and it's a bit of an investigation game whereas the woman seemed a little bit more quiet um and a nice source of uh, emotional support the man felt more um, of like having a lot of sharp mental energy definitely a bit of an overthinker and uh very focused you know that kind of sounds like my grandfather well let's go through some of the details that i have written down here of impressions i've gotten and things like that um there's some loving energy that was coming in for you as well just kind of really wanted to reach out and and give you a hug i don't know if um that you've lost someone who like was really emotionally uh, supportive of you and just like, just immediately like this action comes to mind of just like, Oh, come here, come here. That definitely sounds like my grandmother. She was very huggy. Always wanted to come and say hello and give hugs and kisses or, and then uh, um, she was just so sweet. I, I miss my grandma. I was shown a birthday cake with uh, a candle lit on top. Is that significant to you for someone to be showing me a birthday cake right now? You know, I would always bake with my grandmother. Like, that was our thing. We would bake a lot, like a ton. So... Okay. And my birthday's next month. Oh, well, happy birthday. There's several pictures of us, of me baking as a child and... That was kind of our thing, how we connected was all about the baking. Yeah, she just seems like a very warm and loving woman and really wanted to very much convey that. I was getting the sense of headaches and um, a pain above my eye. Did anyone suffer from headaches or or yeah. some kind of malady like that? Yeah, my grandfather actually, before he passed away, was getting headaches because he had a brain tumor. So that was one of the major symptoms for him, was horrific headaches. And see, it caused seizures. It was not good. Yeah, he, he had he had surgery for it on his head and everything right before he passed away. It totally makes sense. 
Okay. I think he was just acknowledging that. Do you consider yourself a healer at all? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm a healer, but I'm a nurse. You're a healer. You're a healer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're uh, definitely. I help, I help people. <laughs> I do that for a living. So, yes. Whenever I am going to do uh, a reading for someone who has healer type qualities, um, my hands get warm, my hands heat up, and my hands just kind of caught fire uh, when, when focusing on you yesterday. And I'm like, ah, oh, this man is a healer. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and when I, I realized that, someone immediately came in, and I think it was your grandmother who was like, he is such a great guy, you know, <laughs> and you just have such a warm heart and you are just such a great guy and you put other people first. And that is, that can be a, a tough situation in this world where a lot of times we feel like we have to be guarded and, and hold ourselves back from things, but to have the ability to have such a warm and caring heart. The world needs that. And I think your grandmother appreciates it and she wants to brag about you, you know, that you're just such a great guy. <laughs> that does sound like her. She's always, always bragging about me. It always made me feel good whenever I'd see her. She was always so very proud of me. I miss her very much. Yeah. Well, she's still bragging about you and she is still <laughs> with you. Anytime you want to think about her or send her your love, you know, give her that quiet space so that she can come in and just, and you know, you'll feel it. It's sometimes it's really subtle and other times it'll hit you out of the blue and it'll just be like grandma, you know, but it's true. And she is still connected with you and, and she loves you very, very much. And uh, she just wants to continue to have the opportunity to tell you how much she loves you and how proud she is of you. And she just thinks you're an amazing person an absolute amazing person. Oh man, that makes me feel so good. I I really miss her sometimes. All my grandparents, but you know me and her really mm -hmm. like I I really hung out with her a lot whenever I was a kid and stuff. So that's really comforting to to know that she's you know still still thinking of me cuz me and my family we definitely still think of her for sure. So that's really comforting. She was showing me crayons. Did you color while you were over at her house? Yeah, oh, I did color with my brother quite a bit. That was a kind of our thing when we were when we were little kids. Yeah, we we did. I mean, of course, like every grandparent, they hung up the drawings on the fridge. She's definitely remembering when, when we were kids, that's for sure, because that's what me and my brothers would do is we had our whole, like, crayon set and coloring books, and we would be at the table, and that was kind of our thing. And my grandparents were um, had, you know, the toy box for us and the crayon box for us. So they, we had, like, our own little stations, and, you know, they'd, They'd let us stay up late with them just to do stuff like that, you know, color or watch TV with them and stuff. So, I was seeing some old printer paper, you know, the kind that had the holes on each side and, and the perforated edges that you could cut off, but like, it's like an old ream of uh, computer paper. You know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. Um, 
my grandfather, he, uh, he had a computer that had a printer like that where you tore off the edges. And I remember he print off pictures for us specifically to color. And we'd go over there and we'd pick out which pictures we wanted to print out and he'd do it for us. Someone asked me if I wanted some gum. That sounds like my grandmother. She always had gum in her purse. <laughs> she specifically offered gum to my little brother. My little brother was obsessed with gum when he was a child. Like that was his thing. My my grandparents would have gum, like gum packets, like the like the mm-hmm. big old bulk kind, just for him. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> that's. That's so funny. It almost seemed like it was a joke. Like, want some gum? He was the baby. So they they loved him. You know what I mean? They really, really loved him. They got him whatever he wanted. So, and it was gum. Gum was for him. <laughs> well, pass along uh, with the gum message that um, they they say hello and and that they want to, you know, express their love for him, too. I will. I will for sure. There was a little bit of talk about anxiety and worry and wanting to support you through some of that. Are you a little bit of a worrier? Oh, yes, I am a worrier by just, you know, baseline. But yeah, I have been very worried lately. I really have been. So that's, that's really nice that you know, that you meant that you mentioned that and that they're here to support me because, you know, that's it's really comforting. Mm-hmm. They gave me a message for you. And I think that since we're on that topic, I think it would be a really great time uh, to say it. They said, uh, let go of fear and worry. Assume the best. Don't assume the worst in things. OK, assume the best outcome and that all is well and to live in peace. You know, when you worry, it's because you care, but we can't worry ourselves into the ground and just be exhausted. They talk a lot about, um, you know, give yourself time to rest. I feel like you might be a little exhausted. You know, make sure you take care of you um, because the worry can really creep in when we're tired. If you think about the worst case scenario, you owe an equal amount of time to the best case scenario. So make sure at least it's in the mix. But they're saying it's going to be okay. And you're going to get through. And the worry, um, you know, in a way, worry doesn't change the outcome. Your grandmother thinks you're the bee's knees and thinks that you should be confident about (laughs) things, you know, because you are so wonderful and so great. And so... I think she wants you to remember to not to take it all too seriously. We can, we should only worry for a certain amount of time and then kind of step back from it and go, okay, allow yourself to focus on something that brings you joy and better energy, you know, and, and again, put that element in, of rest in there if you can. Does that make sense? It really, it does. It's, it's spot on advice right for right now, at least to, I have been I've been pretty stressed lately. Um been pretty tired lately as well. I'll have to convey that advice to my mother too. <laughs> Lean on each other. Lean on your mom. You know, uh, bond over it. And um 
maybe even, you know, some people have like workout buddies. Why not have like a rest buddy? Like, hey, I'm getting my eight hours tonight. How about you? You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, I could get on with that. Like uh, keeping up with each other, texting buddies for rest and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, before we go, um, is there anything you kind of wanted to ask your your grandparents or anyone? I don't have any questions. I just really just want to convey that me and my family really miss them. And I'm very glad that they're the ones that came through. And I'm very appreciative of of their love and support and that, you know, that they, they're still loving me and supporting me, even on the other side. So. Your grandparents, they are connected to you and they do love you and their energy is always there for you to connect with. I think sometimes we get really busy and the world is loud and, and it's kind of hard to be in that space where you feel connected to someone, especially when we're in stressed in a stress situation, things like that. But, you know, just give them the space sometime and, and reach out. And if you're thinking about them, they know it. And if, if you're, you're feeling it, they're feeling it too, you know? So just take comfort in that. I will. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me today. This has been absolutely wonderful. I think, yeah, I think so too. Thank you so much. Book a medium reading with me. If you have a past loved one you would like to connect with, a spirit reading can be an amazing and never spooky experience. I strive to give you specific details that align only to you and your loved ones. Curious? Visit italktoghost.com for links to book with me. I can't wait to meet you. Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. I have a message from the spirits this evening for someone listening to this podcast right now. What I do before this segment is I ground and center and meditate so that I can create that welcoming space for a spirit to come in and impart a message for someone. Someone's good friend is coming through. Um, She is indicating that She had a lot of health burdens while she was alive. I think it was something that made her exhausted a lot. Um, She was always tired and had a lot of body pain as well. And she often worried that she was just asking too much of her friends and family when she needed something, which of course wasn't true. But it was one of those things that she worried about in life. But you two were amazing friends. We're always laughing together, always sharing the inside jokes. And she showed me that she had a custom-made t-shirt created for you that just really fit your personality. And she gave it to you for a birthday and that you both had really laughed over it a lot. And every time you wore it... um, you laughed again and you even wear it now when you want to feel close to your friend. Her message for you this evening is that she really approves of the person you're currently dating. She just thinks he's amazing and doesn't want you to 
have any doubts about it and she realizes that you wish you could talk to her to get her opinion and uh, just really share in this with her and she wants you to know that she's cheering you on still and that she really approves and she really loves this guy too just as much as you do <laughs> yeah I think I'm gonna leave it at that this evening so if this message connects for you let me know reach out I would love to find that out and thank you for allowing me to connect this message for you. And with that, dear listener, we've reached the end of this episode of I Talk to Ghosts. I hope you've enjoyed the spooky, imaginary, paranormal friend stories I shared with you this evening. And if you think you have a similar story of your own you'd like to share with me, I would love to hear it. And if you do reach out from the ether to talk to me online while you're there, make sure to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about the spooky podcast as well, because those little actions really do make a big difference supporting the podcast. And I super appreciate it. In the meantime, wherever you wander off to in this world or the next, just remember, come back and visit with me. Have a lovely evening and good night.